Welcome to the Become Fire podcast, a ministry of the Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit. If you'd like to learn more about this community, visit them on the web at www.becomefire.faith. That's dot F-A-I-T-H. Now, here are the Friars. Well, hello again to all of our listeners. It is the Become Fire podcast. It is your host, Father Anthony, here again with Father Peter Teresa. Riding sidecar on this one. <laughs> well, we're glad, we're glad to have you. Along. It's kind of like uh, you've been away for so long. We've kind of had to get you, like, settle oh, yeah, you back in before sure. we uh, <laughs> get you back in the full swing of things. Uh, we're so good and glad to have uh, Adam Estevia here with Amen. us again. Uh, if you haven't uh, been with us these past few weeks, we're kind of ending. This is our last episode, a little tear of an eight-part series <laughs> of healing. The so healing we, never ends, though. The healing never ends. Well, it's, it, there's the healing series. tears. It's one of those, like, good, mm, good kind of cries, yes. not a bad kind of a cry. Uh, so we uh, have been going through the different aspects of healing and hearing people's stories. So their conversion stories and then reflecting upon it. And so if you didn't listen last week, that'd be important to listen to the first part of Adam's yeah, story. Great, great, great story. And we week. kind of cliffhangered it because we talked about how God and Adam were wrestling. And Adam, it was really, he started praying the rosary. He started, you know, going to adoration. God was really working his heart. A friend, Andrew, had really drawn him uh, to reflect upon God and to change his life around. And he was really desiring of it, but the world was still kind of calling. Uh, but God was trying to strip that away and get, and make his heart solely for him. And so we left off and you were, I uh, got this call and you were accepted at Franciscan University. And this was really an impetus to you going from kind of, uh, one hand in the world, one hand in God, to moving your heart fully over to God. So tell us about that experience. Absolutely. Yes. I forgot to mention, prior to, so August was the, the, the semester would be starting in August. That Easter vigil, a few months back prior, I had been fully, and I fully Beautiful. received my sacraments, yeah. confirmation, oh, first wonderful. communion. Okay. Yeah. So I had, I had been longing for that for years. Yeah. And I, I, I wept that mass and I received wow. our Lord Easter vigil. Um, and that's when things really started to move fast. I mean, when you're in a state of grace, you're able to go to, sac- you know, receive our Lord every day. I was trying to go to daily mass and uh, it became, it became evident that that was, that was the source of all of these graces as I was going to adoration. And as I was praying the rosary and trying to avoid sin, um, that's when I, I felt the, the call. And Andrew encouraged me. He said, hey, this is the greatest, the greatest university, the most important thing you can do in your life, you know, is, is discern God's will. And if you feel that, if you feel that God's calling you to be a priest, come, come here to discern that and you can get an education, finish your degree. Um, what, so, so that's why I took the step and I applied. Um, I ended up, before being able to go out there, somebody had used my social security. There was some fraud. I could not get a student loan in time to pay for the the school. So I told Andrew, I can't make it, man. I'm going to have to stay. Um, And I told my boss, hey, I give you two weeks. And then I found this out. I'm like, crap. Well, I'm not going to have a job. I'm going to be stuck here. (laughs) And we're driving to my grandmother's house in Safford and driving through the mountains. I told him this. He says, hey, uh, the phone service dropped. We lost service. Hour and a half later, he calls me back. Hey, Adam, I spoke to my, you know, my parents. And they think that this is God's will, that you, you attend this university. They're willing to pay for your school. I was like, what? What are you talking about, man? This is, that's a lot of money. I, I, can't, I don't know. I don't know if I can accept this. No one's offered this. And my parents weren't going to pay for it because I had squandered my first time through college. I failed out. They, didn't, they had belief in me. They saw it was different this time. But they just said, hey, we, we used our funds and you right. used them up. So right. I'm sorry. So I had to figure it out on, on my own. And I went to mass and... 
prayed about it and the responsorial psalm was blessed is the generous man who gives to those in need for that for that day for that wow. daily mass and i said wow. lord is this what are you doing here okay i i'm going <laughs> to accept this and i'm going to go and i i went and i was going with the intention of being open to the priesthood and that's what i felt god was calling me to because i felt like my life was really similar to saint augustine like ah He's a doctor of the church and look where he, where he was, where he, where the Lord brought him and how much good he did. Are you still struggling so, with marijuana and pornography um, and relationships so at this time or how did that? Right, right up to my confirmation or to, to being entered fully in, you know, communion with the church, being able to receive the, the, the Eucharist, our Holy, our Lord. Um, I had a relationship and that was in that relationship. We were, we were uh, using marijuana and, I said, because I love you, because I care about you, and I know you have a you, you have a soul, and I want you to get to heaven. I need to end this. And she's like, I, she didn't understand. She wasn't Catholic. I said, I I care about you so much, and I love God even more. I want to please Him, and this is not good. So I ended it two weeks prior to that, and with the ending of that relationship, it stopped. And then the graces kept happening, confession, mass. Um, and I was able to avoid all that. So my desires in my heart started to change. And then I, I made it, you know, to Franciscan. I was blown away, just blown away. Like, man, what is this place? Like, people love the Lord. There's adorate, there's there's chapels in my dorm. I can go down to the basement. <laughs> I would literally go down there at, at night and I would I would lay prostrate and I'd fall asleep and like sleep in there a lot. Cause I was just like, this is peaceful. <laughs> I would pray, yeah, I would pray the rosary weird. with uh, other men, other women, I would, um, I mean, daily mass, you go there and there's just so much joy and it's because we all have this common faith and everyone is truly just seeking to be holy. And there's people that are discerning and, you know, marriage and religious life. And yeah. it's just like this, it's just crazy, uh, uh, com like the Lord just does amazing things there. And, and I, I went there and I was going to study philosophy, theology, ended up sticking with business, my mom said, hey, just in case, you know, right. uh, priests need to know how to run a parish and, <laughs> and you may want to just do business and you'll have time to do. She was really wise and yes. told me that. So I ended up sticking with my business uh, management degree. And um, after the first year at Franciscan, uh, not, not dating anyone, spending a lot of time in prayer, had a spiritual director, just, just kind of working through a lot of the healing that was happening. Uh, I applied to seminary here at the Diocese of Phoenix with Father Paul Sullivan. I, I said, Father, I think I'm ready. Like, I went on crossroads. That, that was the summer. So I came back from Franciscan. It was just lit on fire. But uh, towards the end of the first year at Franciscan is when I, I, met, I met Nina. And we kind of had this meeting. And I, and I, <laughs> I do remember talking to her. We did a ministry and I told my friends, I just met my future wife. And they're like, what? You've been here the whole year talking about discerning priesthood and religious. <laughs> like you met your wife. What is this? I was like, I don't know. I just, I felt this like peace and she's, she's just the one that God's been preserving, you know, keeping for me. So I kind of, but I told the Lord that like, I was going to go here and I was going to discern the religious life. And if you open the door for that, maybe I, my story is going to be like Father Michael Gately, where he meets a nun, uh, meets a woman and, you know, they, <laughs> they break it off and they both become, he becomes a priest, she becomes a religious. Maybe that's what this is. Yeah. So I, I was really thinking, okay, I'm going to go to discern that first. And, and um, but we, 
we wrote letters and we talked and I, I did the crossroads pro-life walk across the U.S. I didn't make it all the way, but through Texas. And that was a month and a half of praying and just daily mass, a time to really just be silent with the Lord. And he said, go, you know, basically go apply and just have that peace in your heart that you, you went through the door and you, you took that opportunity and you have that out of your mind. Cause I, I kind of at the time believed that since I was a convert, that the only way to grow in holiness was to be a religious Mm -hmm. or a priest. That was my belief. Like you can't really be a saint if you're a married man. Like Mm -hmm. it's not as, there's not as many crosses, which now I know, I mean, you want to, Built in penance, you got a baby <laughs> like my last night. My son, you know, have waking up five, six times every hour. Ah, and you got to hold him, care for him, no sleep. Ah, just you know, little kids waking up asking you questions at midnight, Dad, why is why is uh, the sun hot? You know, like crazy, <laughs> like what? What are you th- what are you thinking about? This is midnight, so um, you know, but but now that I, I so, anyways, I applied, the door was closed and shut, and I rejoiced because I was like, you know, thank you, Lord. They said, Hey, you, you, you're doing well. Keep up the faith. You're only a year in it. Go back, get your degree. And if you still feel this on your heart, come back. And I, I remember just rejoicing like, Oh, okay. I get to date, you know, I get to go ask Nina out on a date and discern that. And we, so I went back to Franciscan. So, uh, asked her out on a a date and she's like, wait, you were just applying for seminary. What's (laughs) I'm like, Oh, it's okay. You know, this is a discernment. And we consecrated, our relationship to Our Lady and and man, just just chaste relationship, prayerful relationship, just willing the good for one another. And she had never dated anyone, really. She was, and she had, yeah, she was just knew that I was the one and God had ch- ch- chosen me for her. Mm-hmm. And she had just knew what she always, she said that, you know, she always knew what she wanted. And, and I, I, she'd been praying for me for years, she gave me this this journal on our wedding day. I mean, a massive journal, and she had been praying for her future spouse and offering up folk, uh, offering up sacrifices and penances in 2012 and 13. When I when I was going through all of the changes in my life and going to RCIA and struggling and breaking free of sin, she was like praying for me, you know, her yeah, her yeah. spouse, and she wrote letters to me and she gave this to me on our wedding day, and she, I was like. Yeah, just blown away. Like, man, you, you basically, your prayer potentially, you you brought me in, like you're, you're a huge role in this. Like she, 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 she was praying and offering this. So that was amazing. You know, when I, I didn't know that she had all these letters until we were the day of our wedding. And, um, but yeah, we dated and I just knew within a short period of time, two, three months, I had this P like right away. I knew, but I, I had to. I had to, uh, love, court, you know, sight. love. Yeah, it was, yeah. It, so so that was uh, that was that was an amazing part. So that's kind of how it, it goes from me under, but but through I should say the the until I could be okay with marriage, I had to I had to see that you can grow in holiness, and I started diving into uh, married saints, you know, Louis and Zelie Martin and mm-hmm. uh, Saint Gianna who is, is, was canonized recently and Pietro and her, their love letters. And I started looking into married saints and, and, and then praying to give, to give me a heart that could be a, a father and could be a, a spiritual head. And to know that I could be a saint and that I didn't have to do 
I didn't, I, you know, maybe that wasn't for me, but, but that marriage, I could be, I could grow, be, be open to life and the fruits of our love could turn into multiple saints that mm-hmm. could be religious and priests. And I ended up falling in love with that idea and, and through relationships and through visiting friends at Franciscan, seeing their families and their openness to life and their marriage and seeing a husband and wife love each other selflessly and and hearing their stories. I was like, man, marriage is beautiful. Like, I love this, you know, I I want this. And so it was, I, I, my concept of marriage was so flawed and twisted and wrong and it was healed the Lord healed it through individuals and through learning about theology of the body. And, Mm. and that, yeah, so that's kind of, uh, that's kind of how it ended up being that I was really happy and excited about that. And and there's a lot more in, in that, you know, unpacking (laughs) it and what the Lord's doing now and with our, you know, with the different things we're, we're kind of helping. It's beautiful to hear about the, the spiritual healing, you know, kind of, kind of did. And I really, I want to reflect upon a few things and not Father Patricia, please, as well, if you have questions, but one of the things, a a theme that's really come up, um, over the, these, the, the, those couple of years of your kind of spiritual healing, if you want to call that your conversion experience was peaceful. You said peace uh, quite often, peace and adoration, peace, so peaceful that you would actually sleep in the chapel you know, at the school. Peaceful, you said, even by talking about your relationship with Nina, like I had peace. So tell us about this, because I think it's a real part about spiritual healing um, in, in the spiritual life where there, there's a time in your life, obviously, where there wasn't peace, especially peace in your soul. And all right. of a sudden, you were you were really attracted to the things that drew you peace, right? And in particular, the sacraments right. uh, that that really brought peace to your heart and to your life. So, tell us about that transition and how you knew it was God. How what that peace felt like compared to the chaos, and how you just knew in your heart that that was God drawing you. Yeah, that's a great question. I believe that Our Lady had a a massive part in that. Because I didn't feel, I didn't know how to approach our Lord and how to, how to, you know, I, 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 at the beginning I was, I was like, God, I, I'm so messy. I'm so dirty, you know, help me. And I went to our lady and I, I asked her, I said, you know, Mama Mary, like, bring me to, bring me to your son and, and offer up. I offered up these prayers and that you can help me and wrap your mantle around me. And I, I started again through praying the rosary. I just started to love our lady so much and where she is, Jesus is, you know, or she, he's right there. She brings you to she, she, whatever she asks of her son. He cannot, you know, he can't deny that it's his mother. So I would, I really took that to heart and I would, I would ask her like, Hey, help me to, to please, like, help me, help me mama. Like I, I just turned to my mom so much that she comforted me, like whatever I was going through. And yeah. And all, all the men that I had seen at Franciscan that were very solid, especially, you know, brother Elijah, man, he, I tell you what, I would go to daily mass before or after mass. He had the rosary clasped in his hand and he was thumbing the beads and he was constantly praying to our lady and just, talking about her and he loved he loved her a lot and it impacted me like man this man he's he's awesome and you know he's he was strong strong as an ox he's working out but just loving our lady and and just constantly really peaceful and and i just was reminded of that um and god just 
I didn't feel like I had to do anything other than just be with him and love him. Like I didn't have to be successful, whatever, however I was, if just lay down, be still and just know I'm with you and I'm happy and you're my beloved son. And that's kind of what I, that's what I believed in. And that's how I, I, I still, you can lose sight of that at times when you're a man and you're working and you have a wife and children and you have to provide and you have to be, you have to find success or, or else you go, you know, hungry in a way. So it's hard. It's, that's the hard part about transitioning from a life of a college student with no responsibilities other than just getting good grades and pleasing your parents and maybe your girlfriend or whatever. But now it's changed. So I do have to call. And now, now my, I've, I've really turned to St. Joseph a lot, mm. a lot more. Yeah. So I never really prayed to him a lot because I didn't, it's like, what's, what's being a father? You know, he was, so I turned to him so much now and our lady praying the rosary daily. And just, just that peace will still come and fill my, you know, my heart. Um, whenever I'm feeling stressed or like, oh, concerned of the world, just, Hey, remember where you were and where you came and how, how to just be with me, just be with me, Adam. So that's, that's kind of the, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. There was a, in the last episode, you were just talking about some moments you had, um, especially there was, there was one time where I think you were you were smoking and then you went and looked in the mirror and you just kind of saw just the sin and the darkness of your own heart and soul. Mm-hmm. And there was just this voice about hell, you know, and, and um, that's a that's a hard grace. Um, you know, there's that book, Severe Mercy. That's a, that's a severe mercy. It was a kindness. Right. It was a good thing. It was a grace, but it was it was a hard one to, to kind of look at and to accept. And and sometimes grace is hard. Sometimes grace is challenging. Um, sometimes they are severe in the way they come to us. And so um, maybe you can just reflect on how, because we wouldn't think about like, you know, that's not always the most immediate thing to think of like you know like talking about hell is actually helpful you know what i mean that might scare yeah. people away but but it actually was good for you to kind of encounter that reality yeah Can you share about that, that that grace a little bit yeah it was <laughs> being being in that apartment where a lot of sins were committed i just felt it felt heavy walking in there i didn't i I dreaded, you know, after vacation coming back because it was just like, just, just, just sin, the, the environment, the speech. And, and I, I would, I started to think I was going crazy because I would hear like, almost like demons tormenting me. I was, I would be in the shower and I, I would hear things and I'd, I'd stop the shower and I'd open up, hello, who's here? Cause I could hear like voices and I'm like, man, am I going crazy? What's, what's happening? And then that particular moment, I, I remember pacing around, walking around the apartment vividly, you know, and, and my mind was going everywhere. And then I looked in the mirror and it's like, you're going to go to hell. Like you're going to die. And I just saw that and this fear, but then crying out, you know, to God, like, God, I, I do, I do believe that I will go to hell. Like, this is true. And it just hit me. I don't know. Maybe a lot of people won't have that experience, but I, it became so real to me that, uh, the fear of, the fear of the wrath of God, if, if, you know, be being so just squandering everything he was giving me, I was like the prodigal son at that time, just taking all my inheritance, all the gifts he'd given me 
and just using it for terrible things, you know, and, and spreading. Uh, I, cause I do, I believe God gave me a gift to create opportunities and business, you know, business in a sense to, to increase the multiply the talents, right. And to spread that and give up other people a chance to work. And, but through the talents I was using, it was all for the wrong thing and drawing people away from God, you know, through those drugs and through that lifestyle. Was so, so I don't know if it was, it was a grace God gave me to see that and to hear that voice or to hear whatever was speaking to me. I, I believe it was God. Uh, maybe it was, but, but it was a heavy, it was a heavy thing. And I kind of doubted, like, did I really hear that? Was that true? Was that in my mind? It's like, no, like, you you know, you can audibly, you, people say I've audibly heard that. And mm-hmm. it's like, that that was real. And that was the time when I, it planted it within me and then um, it never left, you know. Some, yeah. Something so. we talked about between the episodes was you said something very poignant. You said, I don't think my spiritual healing could have occurred while I was still using marijuana. That was actually a block or an obstacle mm. to God working in your spiritual life. Can you just briefly tell us what you, what, what what that what, what that was like and what you meant by that? Yes, and I'll preface by saying, the church there are uses for marijuana, like extracting using oils, lotion. I don't, I'm not that into all of that. I don't really care one way or another. But the church, I know, I was confused for a while. Like, what? Why don't they have a particular you know, teaching on specifically using or smoking marijuana. Like, why isn't it so set in stone? And it's kind of like I give people this, I, uh, you know, it's either you can drink to moderation, you can have a one drink. Some people can take two to three and they're still completely fine and they're able to function and think clearly. But when I, when you smoke, it's either you're, you know, you're, you're high or you're not. You do build a tolerance, but you still, it's very hard to love God because you, your thoughts are constantly changing and you're desiring something that makes you feel euphoric in a sense. It relaxes you. It makes you, you, you people go to it because it gives them a feeling. So you're, you're, you're kind of loving that feeling more so than you're loving God, at least for me. I'm only speaking from my experience. Like this is just me, but I could never execute whatever I was given the thoughts or the ideas I, I, was, I was unable to execute. And you always are left wanting more. There's like a desire. You smoke, you get you get high, it lasts, you have to smoke more, and then you end up running out and you have to spend more money and buy more. It's like this endless cycle. It's like, man, this is this stinks. Like it doesn't last. It just it's gone. And it's slavery. It's slavery. And you can in your mind you can tell yourself that it's good for me, it's good, I can do it in moderation, I can still function. It's like, but but can you really, are you really loving God with your full heart, mind, and soul? And I don't believe you, you, you are. Um, that was my experience. And, and I try to tell people like, Hey, I've been there and I've done that. And it's not, there's no, there's no goodness that can really come from it. That'll excel your spiritual life. So even if it's just a, a neutral activity, like get, get rid of it, it's not good. And, and I don't believe it can just be neutral. It's either, you know, there's no moderation in it. You're higher or not. So that's my thoughts on that. Yeah. But. Thank you. So well said. Um, just one more thing to reflect on uh, that, that you brought up. Um, Let's follow preachers. You have one, but really about relationships. And one thing you really talked about was was how 
you didn't always have the best model of relationships in your life, especially f- being a father. Um, I mean, your dad was trying to help you start a marijuana business, uh, you know, and that doesn't speak entirely to his character, but it speaks something. He wasn't a man who was going to church every Sunday, right. raising you in the faith, et cetera. Yeah. And again, that's, I'm not judging, no, no, just I, speaking the facts. Um, right. And yet you found something by seeing true relationships and having true friendships. And it was people in your life, friends and, uh, you know, professors, right. models in your life, mm-hmm. priests who drew you to a part, as a part of this healing process. So I just want to talk about the importance of friendship and the importance mm. of good examples and, and reaching out and showing that good example. Because you talked about, I didn't have any good examples. In high school, nobody was drawing me to the faith. And yeah. everything changed when someone said, hey, you should have God in your life. Yeah, yeah, more. Yeah, and I'll say kind of what you, when, how you started with my father. He, he admits to me to this day, like, man, I screwed up a lot. You know, I, I wasn't faithful to your mom and to, you know, he ended up getting a, a second divorce. So he's right now currently just single, single man, but still in the church in God's eyes, married to my mom, my mother, right? They hasn't done the annulment and I don't think he's planning on getting married again. And he's kind of made a lot of changes in progress, but he admits to me like, man, I, I screwed that up and you're doing it well, Adam, like keep it up. Like he encourages me, he sees the goodness and he sees what you know, the path I'm taking and is like really excited and loves the chill, my children. And like, it's, it's great to have, have him. And, and I thank God that I could see that. So I knew really what not to do, you know? Sure. Um, uh, but yeah, the friendship that I had again with Andrew, because we were so close, we were hanging out all the time, running and had the same desires and then having him transform Nobody really telling him to do it, but the grace from God that he was given. And then his example is his witness um, inspired me like this. He wouldn't be doing this. He wouldn't be potentially giving up all of his opportunities to be a doctor, to, to, to work and to have a great life and have great, a lot of possessions in the world's eyes. Like he wouldn't be doing this unless this was, his heart was convicted. And so my relationship with him, my friendship started to deepen as, as soon as it went from a surface level to them, him saying, I want you to go to heaven, you know, and I want you to, to understand that God loves you so much and I love you and I care about you and like deepening. And then once you get the Franciscan, at least for me, I had friends that cared about your soul. They were like, I'll pray for you. Let's go pray together. Rosary right now. Let's go, let's go to mass. Let's go to adoration. Like they want, like, let's go together two by two and. Um, so that relationship, I, the relationships I had with not only my friends there, that they were loving me for me and wanted me to succeed. Then the priests giving you counsel and guidance and they weren't too busy to ever hear your confession. They were, they were open and they would, uh, guide you through various things. And, and it just kind of started propelling me up to, to better place. But I had to ask, I had to ask God, I said, God, I don't want these friends in my life that are leading me to sin. Please bring me new friends. I'm not going to call any of them, at least until I'm strong enough to say no to whatever they're, whatever they're asking me to do, whether that be drink or smoke or whatever. I'm not going to call them or answer their phone, but bring me new friends. And I, I went to mass and I heard, hey, there's a youth group. Come and join tonight. Boom. I was like, I'm in. I went there. 
met met some of my best friends and I was the best man in Nate Nathan Roush and he was the best man in my wedding and he was a great influence in my life too. Um, I lived with him before going to Franciscan when I was at Chase after Andrew, but he he was a great solid Catholic man. Um, but I asked God, give me these men, give me these friends. And if you ask for something, you better be ready for God to strip away things or to take things that you like, or you may be attached to, it's going to hurt. It may be embarrassing. They may say, why are you not coming out? Because I, I don't, this is not what I want to live. And you'll, hum, you'll be humbled to say it, but he'll, he'll be ready for him to remove things. But then you'll grow, to, I mean, so much more if you have the right people in your life and you're going and you're staying in the state of grace and iron sharpens iron. And that was our big, our big philosophy in, in our household. We were, yeah. so anyways, that's. So one thing I think uh, for me that I've learned over this as we're kind of wrapping up over this podcast is like, you're always just one confession away. You know, especially as a baptized Catholic, like the grace of that sacrament can transform your life. And so what you talked about with that hour long weeping confession yeah. where you it was so beautiful it's like i'm just, yeah. you, it's just everything going on and at least for me one thing that really struck me in this spiritual healing time about kind of the healing of the soul how the soul desires god the soul is, is longing for for god even some people would say that you have a cross-shaped heart cross-shaped hole in your heart that only he can fill um that we have a longing for god and you were just one like the healing of your soul it came when you said i'm going to confession Right. And that helped sustain you. It wasn't necessarily like, boom, it's all over. But that helped. That was a big transforming moment for you. And then going back to confession again and again really helped to sustain you, right? And then getting into the sacraments to free you and your soul. So the beauty of the sacraments, especially that beauty of confession. I know, Father Petrus, if you have anything you want to reflect on in spiritual healing, then we'll give Adam the last word for our final question in prayer. Uh, I just, I find just your, your wife's role in all of this, even before you even met her. <laughs> to be just so beautiful and amazing. And I wonder if you have any just kind of thoughts and reflections upon just how she was helping you before you even yeah. were. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> I was reading through her diary before I came here and, oh man, I just look at God like, how am I worthy of this mm. spouse? You know, <laughs> like this is, <laughs> she's a, <clears throat> she's an incredible wife, mother, yeah, I love her. Yeah. Um, but I would say that ultimately um, you can, people that are not married, if you're discerning your vocation, you don't have to wait for the right person to come along. You can, you can literally offer up sacrifices for your future spouse and severely impact their life. Like, you know, I was, yeah. <laughs> I, I was, uh, reading these entries and then, um, it lines up perfectly from the, the time I started entering RCIA and then the prayer she prayed came true. She asked for it. She had faithfulness. And, uh, I'm like, man, I don't have any letters. <laughs> I like have, uh, just stories of nonsense. But I told her when I started, things started to get serious. I told her, I said, Nina, <clears throat> Excuse me, sorry. Um, I have a broken past. I've 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 dated a lot of women in pure relationships. Like, I just want you to know that because I'm not a virgin. Like, that's I just didn't think it was important. I didn't know it was a sin. She's like, I don't care about, I don't care about your past. I love 
I love you for who you are mm-hmm. and who you're going to be. And like, or you're going to, I know you're going to be a great husband, great father, great leader. And that, you know, that those words he, he healed me a ton. Um, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And then I told her that we really need to, you know, we, we together made a decision to start up a, a monthly uh, rosary group, <clears throat> excuse me, where we, we pray with other families. We invite other families, other single men and women that have children or, or single men and women that are, you know, again, no children, whatever. Anybody that wants to come to our, to, it started at our house to pray a rosary together. We have community. We want to encourage people that show them the strength of the rosary, show them how families gather and we, we love our Lord and together we, we are united and, and we're one. And uh, it's beautiful. You guys, you know, you're able to pop in to the last one and it's exciting to see that now it's like kind of the Lord's guiding our our community as we sharpen each other. And we I, I just think of the children, how great it's going to be for these kids to have, to see other married men and women pray the rosary together and have yeah. meals and share these memories and then to have religious come in and be a part of it and to, 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 to see that they're, they're men that love the Lord and they've made a decision. It's not like, it's not, it's not a calling. They made a decision to be a religious. I mean, it is a calling, but you had to choose it. No one forced you. And like, you're dying to, you're, you're laying down your life for the flock to serve God. And there's so many, so many things you guys do that, the Lord will only, you know, and the Lord's going to like bless that. And to be able to unite that all together. I mean, this is all a lot of the fruits of women, like my wife, for example, she knows she stays at home and prays and has this time to like think and pray and talk to me and scheme. So it's, it's, (laughs) it's like, I just, I'm blessed. So to say that all, I just, I'm thankful. Uh, I'm thankful you guys are here you men are here and, and I pray that you grow in your vocations and I, I'm, I'm thankful you even reached out to me. So, well, Adam, thank you so much for being with us. I do want to give a shout out to redemption renovations. So if you're in the Valley and you need work done, remodeling of your house, cabinetry work, et cetera, Adam owns his own company, redemption renovations. And Andrew's uh, co-owner. Andrew, uh, that that great (laughs) man, Andrew, you heard about. Uh, So please reach out, look and look up redemption renovations. Redemptionrenovations.com. That's right. uh, Just real quickly, because we have a a final question, but we're out of time. Who is your favorite saint? I love... I love St. Dominic. Yeah, because of the Saint rosary. St. Dominic of the rosary. So and if, I chose him as my confirmation saint. Yeah. Didn't know it. Yeah. Feast day is on my birthday. Oh, I had no wow. idea. He's been, wow, he's been, so he's been cool. praying. He's been, to, people praying for you the whole time. Man. He's been praying for you. Dominic he's been, of the yeah, coming after you. <laughs> nice. Uh, so look up St. Dominic if you don't know much about him. A wonderful, wonderful saint. Friends with St. Francis of Assisi. Yes. Found of the Dominican yeah. order. So Andrew... Uh, Adam, I said Andrew, <laughs> sorry about that. Adam, thank you so much for being with us. Well, and we pray everybody uh, who's listening, please, um, before Father gives us a final blessing, um, just we want to speak to your hearts that what if you need spiritual healing, please go back to the sacraments. Go to confession, go to confession, go to confession. Get yourself back into the church. Uh, get yourself back into the sacraments. Ask for God's grace to be upon you and be with you. And Father, you give us a blessing. The Lord be with you. And with your, with spirit. your spirit. May Almighty God bless all of you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Go Amen. in peace. Thanks be to God. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Become Fire podcast. 
The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit can be found online at www.becomefire.faith. That's .f-a-i-t-h. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit are also a 501c3 charitable organization. If you feel called in any way to give financially to their mission, please go to www.becomefire.faith slash give. That's becomefire.faith slash give. May the Lord give you his peace. We'll see you next time.